Welcome everyone, live from Killer Downs College in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM. My name is Sage and my co-hosts today are Khan, Mickey, Jordan and Zach. And our special guest today is Maria from ICP Health. Hi Maria, welcome to the show. Uh, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? Thank you, Sage. Thank you everyone for um, being here. I feel quite honoured. Um, a little bit about myself. So... My name is Maria. As you know, I work at IPC Health uh, in the Gamblers Help program. I'm one of their counselors. We also have financial counselors. Um, but yeah, I'm mainly doing the therapeutic counseling service for people affected by gambling harm, whether it is someone affected by their own gambling or people affected by someone else's gambling. So family members, friends, partners included. Uh, hi Maria, I'm Khan. I just hey. want to start off by asking, what got you into counselling? That's a really good question. Um, I think from a very early age, I knew I wanted to help people. I did not know yet in which way I was going to help people. Um, so I actually started thinking about medicine. But then at the end, after high school, I did my psychology degree and my counseling degree. And yeah, then when I started to help people in the counseling role, I really enjoyed So. Hi, um, where can you get the help for yourself or others when... When for gambling and all that yeah that's a really good question so when someone is struggling with gambling uh whether it's your own or um a family member a partner uh, from someone else's gambling you can reach out to the gambler's helpline so the gambler's helpline is 24 7 so you can call 1-800-858-858 so that's one of the ways that you know you can start to reach help if maybe some people may feel nervous like anxious to call a phone number you can also also reach out to the website um, and in the website there's an option that actually you can chat with someone uh, or you can also find an email so the gamblers help email if maybe you're not ready yet to call and you know share what you're going through um, so yeah those are I guess the three options that people can do in, in our case for instance at IPC Health when someone calls the gamblers helpline and they say oh I'm based in this suburb like in the Brimbank Council they would say to you oh IPC Health is your local gamblers help program we can make the referral or they give you the phone number so then you can contact IPC Health directly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zakia, just wanted to ask, has there been any clients that you weren't able to help due to how bad the addiction was? Uh, well, that's a yeah, great question. Um, I guess I would look at it in the way that gambling harm can affect people in different levels so it's a continuum so there is the low harm the moderate harm and severe harm sometimes when i get clients um the moment they seek help they could be at a different point so sometimes i would get a client that maybe they were in the low harm and they realized quite quickly that some harm was happening from gambling and then they decided to to get help so i guess the process in counseling would be 
more straightforward perhaps um but then when someone is in the severe level like like you said that they are quite affected by gambling harm the process may be a bit harder in the sense of more work may happen uh in the sessions um however there is always hope you know, for change and anyone, regardless where you are in your stage of recovery, there's always um, the possibility of change. So I wouldn't say I've had clients that I haven't been able to help. I like to believe that sometimes I would see a client one time and I would never see them again. That has happened in my experience. Um, I like to believe that they came and some information I have given to them or what happened there, they went away with something, even if it's one little thing and maybe they found their recovery journey in another place. It doesn't always have to be counseling. Uh, it could be maybe a friend. It could be maybe a support group as well. Uh, it could be maybe starting a new hobby as well. And maybe what they just needed was that one session that one time where they open about it and yeah so yeah i hope i answered your question yeah. with that <laughs> um hi jordan here um hi. my question was just about young children if them and their parents come in for in-game gambling yeah so we do support um young people so from the age of 16 um our finding allowed us to to work with young people um in terms of gaming when someone is struggling with gaming if they are using money then that would be considered um gambling so that our funding would allow us to support these people. So parents can definitely call us and, uh, or maybe the young person directly, uh, they can call us to get some support around the gaming when they are using money. If it's only gaming, what they're struggling with, we could still help them by making a referral to a more appropriate service as well. So a service that help young people. Yeah. That was very insightful, thank you. Um, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM, live from Killer Downs College in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Sage, and my co-hosts today are Khan, Mickey, Jordan, and Zach. And our special guest for today is Maria from ICP Health. Um, how has gambling affected uh, some of your clients' lives? Okay, that's a great question. Um. And I like to say first that a lot of times when we talk about gambling harm, there's a heavy focus on the financial harm, um, which usually sometimes that's when I guess the severe or moderate harm is happening. Um, but if we look at all the types of gambling harm, we realize that it's so much more than just the financial part. So we know that relationships is actually one of the biggest aspects of life that get affected by it. Um, also mental health as well. Um, sometimes people may engage in uh, criminal behavior as well. There might be also cultural problems as well. Perhaps um, in your culture, gambling is not accepted. So it's quite hard to seek help in your own community because it is not... Um, yeah, it's not accepted. So you struggle, I guess, to, to find some sort of support. So yeah, I think it's quite important to know that it can affect people in many other, um, I guess, areas of their life, just not 
not only the the financial part and also i guess the identity a lot of uh, my clients would i would they share with me i guess what i've been quite lucky to to um you know be a witness they they shared to me how they struggle with that identity crisis that when they started to struggle with gambling, they started to act as a different person and not as the person who they really are because a lot of them, they want to be honest and they want to help their family and they don't want to lie and they want to, you know, be productive and committed. But when the gambling harm starts to happen, it's like a gambling voice that it really takes away the real identity um so there's so much you know i guess types of harm that can happen with gambling yeah so would you say that mental illness and gambling are very connected and have a great correlation with each other definitely yes yeah we know that uh question is three out of four people that um seek help around their gambling they also struggle with another mental health issue so a lot of people you know may struggle also with anxiety um depression um you know bipolar um uh borderline personality disorder uh schizophrenia so and sometimes uh, if we look at it, I guess from a bigger, the bigger picture, you start to realize that uh, in some cases, maybe gambling is the only, I guess, main issue that the person is going through. Uh, but in another case, sometimes the gambling is maybe a symptom. So it's a consequence of other issues that are happening. So when we engage with um, clients in counseling, we start to work on that self-awareness, like what is it, what's happening to you? Like what, what early experiences maybe are related to the gambling? Is there any trauma? Is there any other, you know, issues you may be going through? Maybe some issues in your family, maybe some issues at school, maybe uh, boredom. Um, yeah, hope that answers. That was great. That was very, very insightful. Thank you for that. Um, out of the clients that you do see, would you say that most of them are people who are doing the gambling or are they the families of the people who are doing the gambling? That's a really, really good question. Um, I think in my experience, which I guess it would be different to with any counselor that is working in my field, I have seen probably more people that are affected by their own gambling. Uh, however, we do have a high rate of people so we know that one out of five people so one yeah, out of five people that um are gambling may be affected by gambling harm right but then we also know that from one person that is uh problematic gambling uh six other people are affected and we have from those people that are affected sometimes we get a high rate of people calling us to get help for their partner or to get help for their child and sometimes they may engage with the service or sometimes they just work I guess as a um, referral point so they refer their family members saying that I've also had few clients that um, that are affected by someone else's gambling and they I guess the therapeutic work that happens can be 
similar, um, but also different in the way that with the person who is struggling with their own gambling, we would talk um, about how to deal with the urges, how to learn to work through relapses, you know, when they gamble again or how to uh, work on you know maybe other alternative activities um how to i guess amend you know their past behaviors uh, and then with the person affected by someone else's gambling it's a lot of times is to give them that space to go back to look after themselves because a lot of times when someone is affected by someone else's gambling, the whole focus goes into the person that is struggling with the problem. And I don't know if you guys have heard that, um, you know, when you go into a plane and then they say to you, you have to put your mask first before you give it to the person next to you. So I think the same concept happens with affected others and family members. Uh, counseling, it's a lot about bringing back that focus on them because they need to look after themselves to be able to help someone that they love and that they're worried about. Um, what's the most popular form of gambling? That's a good question. Um, I, from my experience, um, my, I guess the, the gambling that has affected the most, the type of gambling that has affected the most, my clients, um, it's, uh, Pokies. So we know that from a statistic, that's the the most dangerous one. Um, so, and you know, you can see how, for instance, here in Brinkbank Council, how there's so many pokey venues everywhere. It's so accessible, and also the design of the machines. So the pokey machine has been designed to trick our brain and activate that reward system that usually gets activated with activities that we love, like uh, soccer or, um, you know, dancing or, you know, other hobbies um, or, or volleyball. Was it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Volleyball uh, as well. Um, and so, yeah, poking machines. And then the other one is a sports betting. So on sports betting and races. So online gambling is now, I think, equaling you know, quite equivalent to pokey. So I can see uh, from my my five years now working with the Gamblers Help program, um, more people coming for online gambling because it's so accessible, especially after the pandemic. I think a lot of people started to, to do more online gambling. Yeah. What are some of the baby steps for a person's gambling recovery? Mm, that's a great question. I guess um, everyone is different. And as I was saying before, counseling doesn't have to be the only way to start your recovery. Um, but self-awareness will probably be the main first step. Um, and that includes recognizing I like I'm struggling with something. So gambling harm is affecting me. There is a problem. Because after you realize that, then you can start doing something about it. You can explore, wait, why am I using gambling? What is you know the reason I am gambling? Is it that I'm bored? Is it that I'm anxious? What am I trying to escape? You know, what what is it? And then after that, you can start to work in um, self-management. So finding 
actions that can help you replace that gambling and maybe help you cope better if gambling has become the only way that you're using to cope. Hope that, you know, answers. But I guess main thing as well, reach for help. Reach for help. Yeah. Okay. Was there a certain addiction story that maybe affected you in any way or stuck with you that you might have been told? Mm, from, I guess from my experiences with clients. Yeah. Uh, I guess I've seen so many clients. Um, but I guess in general, it's quite um, rewarding to see, to think about those clients where I've been quite lucky to be a witness of their change uh, and how, you know, maybe in the first, you know, sessions when they came, they were quite struggling and uh, a lot of, I guess, negative consequences were going on in their life due to the gambling uh, or other issues. And little by little, you know, session by session, uh, maybe after a few months or maybe after a year, you know, things start to improve and, you know, they're able to handle better the urges of gambling. Maybe they completely stop gambling or maybe they're still gambling. I mean, like most of the time, not gambling. And sometimes they had a, a lapse, what I call. So one time, maybe they went back to that unwanted behavior, but they keep coming back and we keep working and they keep becoming more aware of what works for me, what doesn't work for me. So I guess they, what has stuck with me is that change is possible. Change can happen. And there's so many, I guess, um, stories of hope that, um, from you know that I've been really lucky to witness and that I guess I'm very humble that these people let me be part of their healing book you know the, that healing journey of life yeah, yeah. it's mm. very nice um you don't have to say any like specific details or anything but was there anyone in particular that you're particularly proud of that have like come to get help and then gotten better that's a, a good one. Um, well, I can think of a few clients that are right now engaging with me um, that it gives me quite you know, a lot of happiness to know that they are in a good place and that, you know, I always said to uh, my clients that counseling, the aim of counseling is that it becomes redundant, which is funny because you want them to become more independent so i'm thinking about those clients that when we started we used to have maybe sessions every week but now they go to the point that i'm seeing them once every six months you know because they are you know doing better and they're feeling better and and i guess when i said maybe I want to focus on the doing better in the sense of maybe they're still struggling because emotions like uncomfortable emotions like sadness, anxiety, stress, they're normal. And, you know, they are going to, you know, it's part of life when we do maybe something that we love. Maybe you're going to feel anxious when you do, you know, those sort of things. And there's also those comfortable emotions. Um, but it's about how do you cope with them? How do you deal with them? And how do you have a meaningful life? So I want to make an emphasis on that, that they are doing well because they are coping better. Yeah. Um, what's the youngest and the oldest client you've had? Mm, so let me think. The youngest one I've had, um, 
I can remember, but I'm I believe um, uh, they were 16 years old and they were referred by their um, father. Yeah, that was the youngest one. And we work around uh, online sports betting. Um, yeah, this was a yeah, young person um, who really enjoys sports. And I guess part of the recovery was around um, self-awareness. And it was someone that it was in those early stages that due to, I guess, the supportive family environment, they realized that no, not severe harm had happened. Uh, it was kind of like in low moderate harm. And it was pretty straightforward This that I remember this, uh, that we didn't have to have that many sessions. And yeah, we kind of closed quite quickly because it was more about self-awareness and, and knowing, oh, if I continue on this road, it could then lead me to moderate harm or severe harm. And then my oldest client, oh, I it, this is a hard one to remember, but maybe around their 80s, sometimes I get, um, yeah, 70s, 80s. Um, so usually this will be maybe people who are retired. So it, there's this, um, I guess, um, transition process after they finish work not knowing you know what to do with all that free time so then gambling becomes a way to you know have fun and a way to socialize because before maybe when you were at work you know you were busy you were seeing other people um yeah so maybe yeah six seventies eighties yeah that are you know in that retirement um yeah. stage do you think gambling affects other people's families very greatly? Um, yeah, definitely. It can really affect other people. Um, we know that, as I said before, when someone is in the problematic uh, category or severe harm, it can affect six people, six other people. Um, when someone is in the moderate harm, it can affect three people. And when someone is in the low harm, it can affect one person. So even when you're in the low harm, it can affect in some way, someone else. Um, and from my, so this is the statistics that I guess I can, um, I can also see it in my experience when I see clients a lot of times, you know, when we do the goals, like, okay, what are your goals in therapy? One of them would be to stop gambling or to reduce gambling, which I want to say that we support anyone with whatever goal they have, whether it's to stop or reduce gambling. Um, but then one of the main goals that usually happens is relationships. They want to improve the relationship because due to the gambling, um, you know, maybe they are not anymore speaking with someone from their family Maybe they stop speaking with their sister, their mother, or um, someone else that they really loved, but because of the gambling, they did something to her that that hurts them. Yeah. Um, sort of similar to that. If one of your clients were to come up to you and tell you that they had stolen money from a family member mm -hmm. to gamble, would you have to report them to the police for theft? That's a really, really good question, and I guess we have to talk about confidentiality so a lot of our clients when they come they are concerned about 
who is going to see that information? Who is going to, you know, who are you going to share this information? So I always explain to clients in the first session uh, that everything we speak in the session is confidential. However, there are some reasons that I would have to disclose information without their permission. So if someone is in danger, uh, if they are in danger, or if by law I need to, um, you know, report it because it would be unlawful to not report it. So if something like that happened, I think my my first action would be to consult it with my team leader because it may probably be something illegal. But I would really try to work it out as well with the client to make sure that they still get the help that they need. Um, yeah, so confidentiality is, a, I guess, a tricky um, uh, topic. Um, but I guess I want to let every... In the, I think when we give that information at the start of the sessions to the client, then the client can decide what they're going to be sharing and what they feel comfortable to share in the counseling um, sessions. Yeah. That will be all for today then. Uh, thank you, Maria, for joining us today on um, Our Gambling Harm from Live FM. Again, we are live from Keeler Downs College in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Sage and my co-hosts today were Khan, Mickey, Jordan and Zach. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We hope you found the information that Maria gave us today very useful. And until next time, uh, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.